We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Bardwell. To hear more, please use our media player at PCAChurch.com and join us every Sunday at 1030 at 2313 East Prospect in Ponca City. Now join us for the following message. About church. You thought I was going to say football. Well, I'm going to use football because it's very apropos to the church. In the football today, you've got to have these two opponents, the Patriots, the Rams. But before it ever gets to all that, you have tens of thousands of people who have spent thousands upon thousands of dollars to come into a coliseum to fill it up and to be spectators. Spectators. And I have found that to be true in the church. There's a lot of people who get up on a Sunday morning and come and sit down in our coliseum and they're here only to be a spectator. Let's see what's going on at PCA today. Let's watch and observe. What kind of people walk in here? What color of people walk in here? Hey, wait a minute. I didn't know they went here. You have those spectators, and they, I call them, they're the kind of people that show up when you have the church decorated real pretty. When you have Easter lilies out, and when you have poinsettias out. You know, they're the spectators. They come a couple of times a year just to keep in touch with what's going on. But when they're asked what team they're rooting for, PCA. And then you have what I call fans. Right? you got some fans. Let me hear, are there any fans in the house today? Fans. Not spectators. You move from being a spectator to a fan. Lots of fans. Boy, they come there. They're dedicated. Because I am not a spectator. This is my team. I'm a fan. But then you have some people who I call fair weather fans. You know, as long as the team's winning, they're there. But if the team has a losing week, goes through some hard times, maybe has a month of losing, maybe has some struggles, maybe all of a sudden now uh, the, the team needs more money, all of a sudden they're gone. I'll be back when it gets better. So you have these fair weather friends. And, and then, though, you've got fanatics. I mean, these are the people. They are hardcore fans, fanatics. They dress up for the game. They paint their faces. I mean, when the first note is hit for praise and word, woo, man, I'm here. I'm a fanatic. I'm a praiser. I'm a worshiper. All the rocks be silent. I'm here. We need more fanatic. We need people to move from being spectators to fans. Need people to move from being fans. Skip the fair weather fan part. And move to be fanatics, right? But in the middle of all that, sometimes you've got these called boo birds. You ever heard the boo birds? We need some, we, 
message on tithing. <laughs> Pastor preached a message about me today. <laughs> I don't come here to feel bad. I don't come here for somebody to yell at me. I don't come here for somebody to get all up in my business. <laughs> Boom. I'm getting up walking out right now. Yeah, I don't like this. It's like boo birds. They're, out there, they're in every team. People walk out, well, I just don't know that that's very spiritual today, you know. I felt like that God was wanting to move and do something, but the pastor just shut it down. I don't know where he's getting his messages from, but I think anybody could do better than that. Boo bird. I don't like the way they're spending the money. I don't like the lights. I don't like the sound. I boo, 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 boo. <laughs> you got them everywhere. All over town, all the businesses, they got boo birds. It took me more than nine seconds to get through the drive-thru. Boo. <laughs> I asked for mayonnaise, I got mustard. Bluebirds. <laughs> and then you have the players. The players come out on the field. So now we move from those in the stands to those who are actually going to get involved and do something. Whoa! These are serious. They're not there to watch the team. They are the team. We got any team players in the house today? Yeah. Team players. I like team players. The problem is, a lot of times, the team players are not equipped to play the game. We just want to, well, do you come to equip classes? Uh, don't really have time for that, Pastor. That's at, what, 930? Yeah, I'm not really a 930 kind of person. I'm more of a main service kind of player. I'm more of a quarterback kind of guy. I like the high profile spots where everybody can see me doing something. I don't want to be the water boy. I, I, I want. I, I don't really need all that equipping and stuff. Well, let me see what the Bible says. What's the Bible say? Ephesians chapter four, verses eleven and twelve says this. So Christ Himself. So it's going to be important when Christ does something, right? So Christ Himself gave the apostles. Well, that's awesome. The prophets. We need them. The evangelists. Praise God. The pastors and teachers. Christ himself gave that to the church. Why? Well, just, just somebody talk on something. To, say it, equip. To equip his people for works of service. Boom. <laughs> works of service. So that the body of Christ may be built up. Now why did we hire that pastor? Well most churches think they hired the pastor to do all the work so they don't have to do anything now. Well, uh, well we hired the pastor because 
we need somebody to mow the yard. Well, they don't. What else does the pastor do? And so what churches do is put the jersey on the pastor. Well, what do we need? Well, who, who's going to get the communion done? Well, isn't that why we hired a pastor? Well, uh, who, who's going to clean the church? Well, the last pastor is why I cleaned the church. Hey, listen. We got a lot of churches thinking like this. Well, uh, who's supposed to do all the visitation? Well, isn't that the pastor's job? Well, who's supposed to do all the hospital visits? Well, isn't that the pastor's job? Well, who's supposed to do all the administration? Well, isn't that the pastor's job? Well, who's supposed to... Listen, I found I am not omnipresent. And I have found that it is not my job to do the works of service. Come on. We got some... I don't know whether to... Or boo. I don't know where we're headed. What's pastor going here? I have found that it's not my job to do the works of service. Read what the scripture says again. It says to equip his people to sit around on Sundays and do nothing. To equip his people for works of service. So the word serving, what? Boo. Yeah. Hey, listen, we're getting into territory now to where we spectators will not participate in this. Right. No. Fair are not coming up for this one. And a lot of times, even the fanatics are going, well, we drew the line. I will be there. I will yell and scream and holler, but I don't have time for anything else. Don't ask me to do. You know what? They're, they're not equipped. And then you know what we do in the church? We need somebody to do this or that. Well, uh, oh my goodness, let's fill the spot. Let's just find somebody. Let, would you do it? Stick them into something. And they're not equipped. The grouchiest person in church says the greeter. <laughs> Come on, you're welcome. Glad you're here. Get in there, you're late. Let's go. You need a gift of hospitality to be a greeter, right? But my job is not to wear the jersey. My job is to equip all of the church to do the work. If the pastor's doing the work, somebody else is not. So the pastor does not wear the jersey. Well, pastor, then what is your job? If you're not the player, because I thought the pastor was the quarterback. <laughs> no. I'm the coach. I've got a game plan. We've got a playbook. We've got all this stuff going on. And so I'm here to equip you because I don't need you going out there ill-equipped. A lot of churches are that way. A lot of people are that way. Well, well what do you do? Well, I'm a teacher. Are you equipped to be a teacher? Uh, they stuck a book in my head. Huh? How long? 20 years ago. You ever been trained to be a teacher? How come our schools train our teachers, but the churches don't train our teachers? Well, I'm, I'm really, really not into all that. Listen, here's what the Word of God says. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. All Scripture is God-breathed. <sighs> Through 
through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead, our Lord Jesus Christ, that great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with everything good for doing His will. And may He work in us what is pleasing to Him through Jesus Christ to whom be glory forever and ever. You see, we are to be equipped. These teams today are not going to get out there on the field without helmets, without pads, without cleats. I mean, they've got gloves on just for them, face masks just for them. They have spent some time getting equipped. And yet we want to come into church. I want to do something. What are you equipped to do? What are you gifted? What are you ready to do? Are you ready to show up early? No. I like kind of being at game time. I'm a game, I'm a game time person. How many of you ever played on a, on a team before? Played on a team. How many of you had to go to practice? Two a days? In the heat? When it wasn't fun? Sweating? Coach yelling at you? Screaming at you? But yet you don't want the coach yelling to you at the church. Come on! It's time to get equipped. It's time to get ready. We got a game. All hell is about to come against you. I know, Pastor, but I'm just a gamer. What position are you ready to play? Uh, I kind of like quarterback. Do you know the playbook? Yeah. I know John 3.16. Is that good? That's not good enough. You got to know the playbook. Well, uh, how equipped are you to be a running back? I don't like getting hit. Anybody ever got hit spiritually? It hurts. Knocks the wind out of you. Boom! Where did that come from? Hell. But it was at church. Hell shows up to church. Huh? Hell's watching. What kind of church is this? Is this an equipped church? Is this church ready to go? Is it all coached up and ready to go? Or is it what? And so we find that we're going through the game, but we're not equipped. We don't want to be coached up. We don't want anybody yelling at Don't Don't offend me. Can I tell you my coach never once asked me if he offended me? <laughs> I'm sorry, Barbell. Was that offensive for me to tell you that? He never once cared about my feelings. I had all kinds of coaches. Not one coach cared about my feelings. Here's what this says. Hebrews 13, 20 and 21. Now may the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, do what? Equip you with what? Everything. We've got a lot of Christians walking out day. They don't even have on the helmet of salvation. They're not even saved, but they're wanting to do something in the church. Uh, I see a scripture Right. You ever played in bad weather? You ever had bad weather times as a Christian going to church? You ever had times where, hey, I preached some of my worst sermons before. I had to listen to the whole thing. I couldn't make him stop. We don't have a helmet. We, we don't have the breastplate of righteousness. 
We don't have our loins girded about with truth. We don't have our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. We don't have the shield of faith. We don't have the sword of the spirit. And yet we want to go out and take on hell? No wonder the church is running around with its legs between its tails. No wonder culture's changing church. Whatever. That's what you heard out of all the time I've been talking. What did the pastor say today? Well, he said, um, what did I say? Leg, leg between your tails or something like that? Your tail between your legs. Get that coming? Because now it's the only thing to think about. What pastor preach on today? Well, uh, I got my legs tucked to a tail. Well, spiritual thing he said all day. We're ill-equipped. We come back whipped instead of victorious. The Bible says we're supposed to be conquerors through Jesus Christ our Lord. You're more than conquerors. I mean, you are supposed to have everything come against you and nothing bother you. Why? Because you are equipped. Do you know what I find? People are not equipped. People are not ready to play in the game. They want to go from spectator to player and don't even want to get in the process of getting equipped. They, they want to be the pastor. Well, I, everybody can be the pastor. Except you don't see what I do Monday through Saturday. You don't get the phone calls 24-7. Paul said, I have to be all things for all people. I don't do all things for all people. I have to be. Boys, pastors today, you've got to be a counselor. You've got to be an administrator. You've got to be able to, to handle all different types of businesses, multi-millions of dollars going through the church and all these things happening. And, and you've got to be able to administrate people and all the feelings that go into it and all the bluebirds every week to say, hey, did you know what you said this last Sunday? And, yeah. You yelled at me and I didn't like it. I'm not coming back. I don't like coaches yelling. I've never been on a team yet where the coach talked and just said, well, let's have a conversation. Let's just kind of take it easy. I know all hell's about to destroy you, but let's just take it down a notch. If you knew that all hell was about to destroy somebody, wouldn't you yell out something? Wouldn't you say, hey, wait up, wake up. The Bible says we are to wake up from the slumber that the enemy puts us into. Wake up. Get ready for there's about to be a fight. I have heard such analogies on the football field as if it's a war zone. A football field is not a war zone. Ask our veterans what a war zone is. Ask the people who've been to war what a war zone is all about, who come back missing limbs, who come back with PTSD that's got their minds, ask them about what war is. And then I'll tell you what war is spiritually when all hell comes against you and all of a sudden you had a pretty decent concept of living and now you're contemplating suicide. It is out to steal, kill, and destroy. And the churches are going, don't yell. Hey, he wants to kill you. I want you to live. I want you to have life abundant. I want you to be equipped. I want you to be ready. So when the enemy 
comes against you like a flood, you stand up in the power of holiness and empowered by the Spirit of God. And you declare to the enemy, you're a liar. Get me behind me. You declare, hey, I win this thing. You're here to destroy my marriage. You're here to destroy my kids. You're here to destroy my health. No way. I'm equipped for this one. The word of God says. You pull out the sword of the spirit that is sharper than anything else. It can cut and divide bone and marrow, spirit and soul. Today we don't have any weapons of warfare. We're, we're too soft. We've gotten into a game plan to where less, I mean, the last church I was at, we had this thing called Upward Football. It was awesome. Little bitty kids were getting involved in it. We did basketball as well. And, and the four and five and six year olds. And, and I loved it because boys and girls, they didn't keep score. It was horrible. <laughs> The parents and the grandparents kept score. Oh, yeah. But officially, we didn't. But we'd out there be in the middle of the game, and you've got this little girl out there just, oh. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa, look at that clap. And, you, and you've got a little boy out there, and there's, there's these little flowers that popped up in the field, and he's sitting yeah. down, picking flowers and looking around. I could care less. The parents, Tommy, get up! You're embarrassing me! Parents aren't playing. that we put into this big game that they're doing billions of dollars, 25 billion dollars. And all they talk about is money and nobody seems to care when they talk about it. It's the game. Come on. Seriously, people today are going to spend literally $100,000 to be at the game. One game that has no eternal value. And yet we fuss about paying a tithe. A 10%. Boom. Oh, I, just I rebuke that, Pastor. Well, then I guess we won't be able to touch missions around the world then. Well, to rebuke those people. For needing Jesus Christ. To rebuke our children. Our youth. Rebuke our families in the church that need help sometimes. Because anything alive costs money. If something's dead, it doesn't cost you a dime. So we have all these things going on in the middle of the game. And we've got all the players and, and everything's going on. And then we got this time thing we're also worried about, right? 12 o'clock. I got two minutes. A two minute warning. Oh no! What am I going to do? Okay, let me, let me put this in here because y'all know you're going to quit.
else on here. James 1.22 says this. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself. Do what it says. The measure of who we are is what we do. That's what Vince Lombardi said. The measure of who we are is what we do is what we have. How I many you know Vince Lombardi, one of the greatest coaches of all time, Green Bay Packers? Everybody's quoting him. You know what else he said? It's not whether you get knocked down, it's whether you get up. How I many knows that in, in playing the game you're going to get knocked down? You ever been blindsided? You ever been like running down the field and all of a sudden something comes out of nowhere and flags you go, what was that? That's why I played basketball. My senior year. They said, hey, all the seniors are going to play the other football team members. I'm a basketball. Yeah, we're gonna... So it was this crazy game we had. And so all the seniors, and so they put me on the kickoff as one of these outside guys because I was fast. So I watched them kick the ball, and I was running wide open down the sideline, just having a good time. I don't know what happened. All I know is I can't breathe. I'm looking at the sky, and people are laughing their heads off. All the people on the sidelines, spectators. <laughs> that was awesome. You got creep. And a little freshman over there is bowling all up. Because he just creamed a scene. I didn't know what I was doing. I may look like a football player, but I didn't know what I was doing.
It is called the Spectator Surprise. Here we go. Sign of the Lion is going to help us out. Somebody's got to be offensive lineman. Somebody's got to be on the defense. 
Somebody's got to be able to do the things nobody else wants to do. Listen, on a team, you got a lot of people nobody sees. You got the equipment managers. They're important. This week they had an interview showing one of the team players giving a round trip to a, the custodian and his son because he said they are such a valuable member of the team. Thank God somebody finally recognized the custodians. You see, when you come into the house, it doesn't just magically appear. Well, everything just magically happens. No, it doesn't. There are people in here cleaning and getting things ready. Making sure that it's ready for you. It smells good. It looks good. I mean, how many churches have a world-renowned Hall of Fame chef who fixes the meals for their church? You guys are spoiled rotten. I mean, spoiled rotten. The problem with getting spoiled rotten, you can get lazy and fat. Yeah. But guess what? Even if you're sitting on the bench sometimes, sometimes you get called by the coach. I remember as a freshman, the first two or three games, I didn't even see the hardwood during the game. And all of a sudden, I remember like the fourth game, the coach looks down at the end of the bench, saw me sitting down there, and goes, Barnwell! I didn't even know he knew my name. I thought I was idiot or something like that. I looked around my friend, I go, did he say my name? He goes, yeah, he said Barnwell. I ran up there, ran out on the court, still had my warm-ups on. I wasn't ready for the game. You see, you may go, well, I, I'm just one of these, I'm on the bench in case, well, hey, you may get called up. You never know when somebody gets hurt, somebody gets sick, can't show up that service, can't show up for the game. You see, Sundays is not practice, Sundays is the game. I mean, all hell is trying to come in and get you and tear you up destroy you. And so we have what we call training. Yes. Oh. Don't want that. 1 Timothy 4, 7 says this. Have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales. Rather, train right. yourself to be what? Godly. Train yourself. Well, the pastor's messages today were a little shallow. I'm deep. Uh, train yourself. See, I'm not supposed to spoon feed you. You're supposed to be mature and can feed yourself. I, I can't come to your house every day and feed you spiritual food. If you only eat on Sunday, you're going to be malnutritioned. If you only eat on Sunday, you're not going to have the energy to play in the game. But you've got to make sure you're training your body, training your mind. So we have phone apps. Well, I don't really like phone apps. you got an app for everything else. Why don't you want to put the church phone app on there? You got apps for telling you when somebody's at your front door, somebody's at your back door. You got an app telling you when you spend some money, how to spend more money. I mean, look on your phones at all the apps, three or four or five pages of apps. You need one to train your spirit, man. Come on, amen. You need daily prayer, daily devotional, Bible studies. First Corinthians 9 25 says, everyone who competes in the games goes into what? Strict training. I mean, you ain't playing around. Strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. These guys today are playing a game that's going to last just a little bit. And then it's over? Done. Winners, losers, yeah. But it's not eternal. When they stand before God, they aren't going to go, oh, you won the Super Bowl? Come on in. No. Where's your name at? I don't see it's your membership of this team. Training. 
Timothy 3.16. All scriptures God breathed and used for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Hebrews 12.11. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Discipline is painful. Sometimes church is painful. Well, thanks, Pastor. Hey, if it's not painful, it's not discipline. I got to get up and go to church. Yeah, discipline. I got to go down to the front and pray. Disciplines. Discipline. No discipline seems pleasant time. But pain. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Hallelujah. We want the joy, the peace, the harvest, all the... Hey, open the windows of heaven. Pour out blessings upon me. I don't think so. Pray? Whoa, wait a minute. That gets into my me time. Hebrews 5.14. But solid food is for the mature. Some of you are going to choke on some things I'm saying today. So sometimes players choke. You ever seen a player choke in, in a game? Oh, yeah. I mean, they could do that a thousand times in their sleep, but during the time, in the most important part of the game, they choke. Solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Right. A church doesn't have to tell them. They right. know themselves right. what's right and what's wrong. Yeah. Vince Lombardi says the only place success comes before work is in the dictionary. Yeah. You don't get success without work, without disciplines, without training. We've got to get equipped. Go by the playbook. Hey, he also said this. If winning isn't everything, why do we keep score? You go, well, in church, Pastor, we don't keep score. Because we want to be like upward football. Guess what? God keeps score. He has a ranking system. You know, whenever they start getting ready to recruit these kids for, for football and basketball, they have a ranking system. Yeah, they're ranked. By how they perform in games. We had one guy on our team. He was awesome in practice. Couldn't hit the side of a barn during the game. But in practice, he was phenomenal. Couldn't handle the pressure of the lights. Couldn't handle the crowds. Especially when we went somewhere else to play. The opposing team intimidated him. I got to tell you, we got a lot of people today who can't perform when it's crunch time. They get intimidated by the pressure of the moment. Oh, but pastor, you don't understand. I got a diagnosis of cancer. I do understand. It's time to see if you're equipped and trained to handle this. Because you can handle little lives, but what can you do when the enemy gets right up in your face and talks some smack on you? Hey, the best part of my game was my mouth. <laughs> How many of you know what I'm talking about? I can intimidate you, get in your head. I'd do it for before the game even had a tip off. I'd go beside the guy, coach told me I was going to be guarding. <coughs> get in his mind. Get in his head. That's where I played my game. That's where the enemy plays his game with you, in your head. He gets all up in your mind. He starts talking to you and whispering to you and go, well, now, really, do you have to go to church every time the doors are open? Training. Disciplines. Well, do you have to really read that book every day? Hey, it's the playbook. If 
you don't know the playbook, how are you going to run the plays? Yeah. Well, do you have to really, you know, it's disciplines. They're not pleasant at the time. But when you need God to show up on the scene, and all you have the breath to say is because the breath just got knocked out of you by the yes. devil. Yes. You've got to have enough discipline to your memory of your muscle kicks in. Yes. Muscle memory kicks in. I got knocked stupid, but what I'm going to do, Jesus, Jesus. Well, I didn't see it coming. It blind stuff. I don't, I don't even know where I'm at. Jesus. Amen. God's keeping score. He determines whether you go to heaven or hell. I said hell. All we hear about today is heaven. There's a hell. He says there's some on the broad way, some on the narrow way. Keeping score. He said there's some that are filled with light, some that are filled with darkness. There's some that are telling the truth, and some that are liars. Some that are saved, some that are sinners. Some that love me, and some that hate me. Some that are for me, some that are against me. God's keeping score. Which team are you on? You see, you're either on one team or the other team. There are no in-between teams. Well, I want to play always on offense. So always, like if the other team's on offense, I'll just change jerseys and join them. Saturday night, I'm on their team. Woo! Fun. Sunday morning, though, I'm on this team. Because that's fun. Hey, which team are you on? Nobody likes it when people are not real members of the team. Traitors. Yeah. You've seen that happen in sports where all of a sudden another team will play a player behind the scenes. Not to perform in the crux of the situation. Had that happen in baseball, football, basketball, hockey. All sports are tainted because humanity gets involved. Guess what? There is no perfect church because humanity is involved in it. Some days your pastor is going to knock it out of the park. Some days he's going to fumble the ball, can't hold on to anything. It just, worst sermon ever. Don't boo him. Pray for him. When you're having a hard time, I'm not going to go, Whoa, was, oh man, you got crunched by the enemy. Oh, it was the funniest thing I've ever seen. Wouldn't it be horrible if I come to the emergency room and you're having a heart attack and go, didn't see that one coming, did you? <laughs> I knew it though. I, could, I, I knew it because there's sin in your life right there. I knew it right there. Uh, having a stroke, somebody coming in laughing at you. Somebody over here rejoicing. Your marriage broke up. They were too pretty anyway. I'm glad they got it. <laughs> hey, I'm not. This is real things that happen. People rejoice sometimes when their team member just got crushed. 
Matthew 16, 18. And I tell you that you are Peter. And on this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell will not overcome it. Today, church, I got good news. We are on the offense, not the defense. A lot of churches are in the defensive mode, always just like, oh, if we can just make it, hallelujah. Pastor, if I can just hold on till the end. That is not the posture of a church. The posture of a church is we are charging the enemy. We are charging the gates of hell, and they will not prevail against the church. We are the ones taking their kingdom, not the kingdom of hell, taking the church. We see it happen, and be careful. Used to have full churches on Sunday nights, Wednesday nights, revivals, song services. And the enemy's coming in and going, well, we gotta have time for all these other things. Be careful. Hey, don't boo me. Just listen. Don't choke. I'm not choking here. I'm coming at you full in love. I'm coaching you up. Yeah. Because the enemy is on defense and he's trying to kill you. Trying to destroy you. Trying to bow up on you. Talk smack all up in your face. we got to win this thing. And guess what the coaches always do? Recruiting. Recruiting. Recruiting new team players. Because we're always needing more team players. Coach is always looking around for somebody who can be on the team that's not on the team. That's why at the end of a message, pastors do things like this. Stand with me today, team. Would you stand with me today? I'm not tricking you. Please stand. It's <laughs> part of this message. We fix to have to do laps. <laughs> You're fixing to run, but it's not from the enemy, it's toward the enemy. That's why pastors do this at the end of messages. I want to ask today, is anybody here who doesn't know Jesus Christ as a personal Lord and Savior? It's called recruiting. The best coaches and the best teams always are recruiting. They're always in the recruiting mode. The best coaches are always recruiting. Looking to the future. We're not content with the team that we have today. We need to be better next week, next month, next year. So we're always recruiting new team members. Well, they're always asking me to do something at the church. It's called works of service. If you're not doing anything... You may look and find yourself just being a spectator. Well, I like coming and watching people do things. That's fascinating. No, what's fascinating is when you do something and then God does something in your life. Because you're serving Him. It's more blessed to give than to receive. Message. Join us anytime at PCAChurch.com and every Sunday at 2313 East Prospect in Ponca City.